From FasterMind.co, this is Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. I'm Dane Sanders. Converge is a show about that space, that tension between the stuff you make and making money or something valuable from your stuff. The show lives where creativity and business collide, giving all of us the opportunity to rethink how we work and live in the digital economy. When we can't dream, it means that we're not loving. There's something that's plugging us up from being able to just love life. And when we don't have those two things, we're falling apart individually. And when marriages get to that place, it's crazy the cost that is at stake because it's not about the giving up of just that one relationship. You're essentially affecting all the relationships all around you. Imagine for a second that you are aspiring to be in a relationship. That might be true for you, by the way, but for our purposes right now, let's pretend this is a mythical character and this person really wants to be in a dating relationship, something intimate and connected and real. Or maybe it's a different scenario. Maybe it's someone who's in a dating relationship, but is just dying to get married and hasn't found the one. Or maybe it's someone who is actually in a married relationship, but they don't seem to be getting their needs met and they feel like they're really stuck and just desperate to get help. Now, I want to ask you another question. Picture any one of those characters that I just described and ask yourself this, what would it be worth to those people, do you think, if someone could come along and offer something from a business perspective that could actually fix their problem, that would put them in a position where they're getting their dreams met relationally. Well, that's precisely the value proposition that my friend Rocky Lee offers with his business at claritycoach.ca. He's a relationship coach. He's not a therapist. He's not trying to fix old wounds per se, but he's more forward thinking and envisioning ways of possibility and offering proven tactics and strategies for individuals to get what they want in real romantic relationships. And I've been just moved in knowing him for some time and actually working closely with him, the impact that he's having directly. But what I'm struck by for this conversation is not only do you have the opportunity as a listener to learn how we built a business around this very unique offering, but he might just offer you some clues and some skills and some tactics of your own that you can apply in your relationship. You are a clarity coach. I'm wondering if you could just explain for folks a little bit of what you mean when you say a clarity coach. Like what what do you do with people and and who are those people that you do those things with? You know, my job is really simple. My job is is really to just help people get clear on what their dream is, how they want to live out their dream, and whether they're actually living out their dream. A part of my desire is that people would get clear about how to fall in love with life, how to get happy. It's really that simple. And so clarity is just really self-explanatory, right? It, it's about how clear are you about what you're in love with these days and what you're not in love with. And there's a good chance that whatever you're not in love with is probably at the stem or the root, I should say, of why you're not happy in life. For me, I'm realizing these things are all connected, that you know, the more and more we desire to be happy, and in our modern age right now, happiness is a huge 
huge thing to focus on because there's a lot more people out there who are not happy. And I'm realizing that happiness at the root of happiness is actually us discovering what we truly love in life. In my case, I'm, I'm choosing to focus on how are you falling in love with the person that you're with? What's interesting, though, is you're targeting so singles and couples that are interested in identifying what their dream is and, and in particular, connecting at an unprecedented level relationally. Your drive to do work with those folks, and it's in a coaching context, it's not a therapeutic context, it's a coaching context where you're trying to help people really get clear in their own minds about what they're wanting. And then in that same room, there's another person who's trying to get clear on what they're wanting. And my guess, there's kind of a third part of the relationship between the two that you're discovering what's clear in that space. But all of this is interesting, even as you're helping people get to this kind of greater sense of what they want, you're doing it for a reason, like it's strategic for you. And talk a little bit about why do you care to do this kind of work with couples? I guess it starts from my past. And in my past, I was actually in ministry before I, um, I was functioning as a youth minister in a variety of different churches. And I've always had a huge passion for children, for teens, for young adults. And it was actually quite a daunting mission to be a youth pastor. And the reason is because as a youth pastor, we, we typically get kids, you know, usually when they're about like 13, 14 years of age. By that time, what I'm essentially getting is a child who has had 13 to 14, maybe even 15 years of bad habits, bad patterns, bad modeling, bad behaviors. And essentially, I'd be invited by parents to like, okay, wave your magic wand and, you know, fix my child. And it's such a huge, almost impossible task because at the most, I'm meeting with these kids once a week. And so, you know, how much impact can you have on a child if you're meeting with them only once a week? So I began really a, a self-questioning process where I began to wonder what would happen if I started to heal the processes within the family first. And then from there, as that gets healed, then when I start working with the kids, then they're actually going back home to an environment that's already been reinventing itself or redesigning itself or redefining the way that they do things. And that would actually make the growth then exponential. So it sounds like you're doing it to make your job easier. I love that. I think that's, you're, well, by going more to the root of the challenge, that if you can create at the source, right, the path on the front end, the fruit of it, the, the kids, that they're going to be in a much better opportunity to get what they're really looking for and their dreams and wants, not just relationally, but beyond that. That's right. And, and and that's really the end goal was about, you know, how do we have the next generation of kids come into relationships in a healthy way? There's truthfully, I mean, yes, there's a lot of material that we can tap into these days, but truthfully, kids listen the most from their parents. And whether we believe it or not, I mean, we think all their friends have way more influence. and And that's just not true. When parents actually have an amazing connection with their kids, more than like, I would say nine times out of 10, they will listen to their parents more. They may do it grudgingly at times. They may actually even do it from a hateful position of, oh, I hate this. But they'll do it because they'll know that their moms and dads had the best interest for them. And so when that chain reaction happens, now those children are growing up with the right paradigms, the right tools, the right skills to develop 
the right type of relationships and healthy relationships. As you know, I have three of my four kids right now are teenagers, and yeah. and I'm in the thick of what you're describing. So this is actually great. I'm getting free clarity coaching for myself. <laughs> uh, but what you're revealing for me really is the symptom, right? The symptom is it's just it's just tough to be a kid these days. And by the way, it's really tough to be an adult these days. Oh yeah, and to do that with other people in relationship, that's really tough. And so, how in the world do we think we're going to navigate all these things without the kind of support? And especially when, and this is probably a question I think listeners are going to be asking in their minds, even right now, is like, you're not a therapist, right? You're a coach. You're, 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 you're trying to guide them in a direction that will support them. In fact, let me, let me pause, because I'm a coach too, and you and I talk all the time. Yeah. But talk a little bit about what you see as the difference between someone going to like a counselor or a therapist and going to see you as a coach. Great question. One that I struggled with answering until I had my chat with you, Dane. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so if I were to give the answer that Dane gave, you know, huge advice a while back. It really a counselor and a therapist. What they do is they they do amazing work. First of all, I mean, I kudos to those guys that are in that career. They do amazing work, and and they are much needed. What they really are great at doing is taking the pain that you have and literally surrounding it with tremendous protection and comfort and helping you dive into that and heal that one specific pain. They do it with tremendous safety. That's not what I do. <laughs> Just as, as a coach, I am literally like a literal athletic coach. I push and prod and I drive you to your end's wit to the point where you feel like you're at your breaking point, but I know that you're not. And my job is really to ask those uncomfortable questions that you're afraid to ask. My job is to really ask the uncomfortable questions that no one else wants to ask you. My job is to push you to the point of understanding why you have chosen to resist instead of choosing to just let go and embrace possibilities. And, and that's my job. That's, that's literally what I do as a coach. I, I would say an analogy to this is as a coach, what I love about it is that it's purely interactive. And I am not the lecturer. This is not a restaurant. You can't come into a coaching session with me and expect only I'll be the one lecturing and talking. It just doesn't work that way. So what I love about coaching is that the people that come in, they have to take ownership of the changes in their life. And my job is not to do the changing for you. My job is to just point out the areas that are causing problems, get clear with what you really want, and then to assist you in the process of change. What I love about that is it, you're not trying to go backwards to fix some kind of series of wounds. You're assuming that people are showing up as they're showing up. And from here, moving forward, you want to walk with them to an unprecedented future, a new reality. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think we all want that, right? Look, we all live a dream, right? In, in, internally, ever since we could think and dream, we all have a dream in our life. And marriage is one of those dreams. The The problem is that we're, we get to the point we're so used to our problems, our circumstances, our environment, that we're so fixated on what that is, that we lose sight of what the dream is. And so when couples come to me, or even singles, when they come to me and they feel stuck, they feel like, why am I not falling in love? Why can I not meet the right person? When couples come to me and they say, why, why are we constantly fighting? How do I stop the fighting? Why do I feel like I'm the one that's giving more into my marriage? 
all this is telling me is that you are so focused on what's not working out in your marriage that you've forgotten about what your dream is for that marriage and focusing on that. And I don't know of any method on how we can focus on a better outcome in our life without focusing on a better outcome for our life. I don't think it works, you know, in reversal, if we focus on what's wrong and moving to, you know, a better outcome, uh, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, to, there's some degree we do need to understand what's not working. But if all that we focus on is what's not working, I, I don't know how we can really elevate ourselves to be inspired, to grow towards a better future. Let's start at the beginning then. So if, if someone walks in to your, in fact, let's just make the assumption that it's a couple because it, whether it's a single walking in or it's, it's a couple, but I think a couple is more, it's two singles. So we'll start with that. So two individuals walk in and what I'm hearing you say, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that each shows up with this kind of relational dream in their mind of what should be working. And that could come from a lot of different places. Doesn't matter. They just show up, you know, in advance, they're showing up with these dreams and your job, if I'm hearing you right is to take dream one and dream two and mirror back or reflect back to them like, hey, just so you know, what I'm hearing in your dream is this, or what I'm hearing in your dream is this. It's almost like a, I keep getting this picture in my head of like a an optometrist's office when you sit down to get your eye test and they put that big machine in front of your eyes and you can't see anything, but they just kind of, they're clicking, clicking, clicking and moving different lenses in front of your eyes. And then all of a sudden it's like crystal clear and tack sharp and you can see everything perfectly. It seems like you're, you're like the optometrist with the tool that you're trying to get their eyes to kind of sync up and seeing each other clearly around what they're trying to accomplish. Is that the journey that you're taking somebody on? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much what it is. I I think for me, because I'm such a lover of the home network, um, (laughs) (laughs) I I love watching these home renovation shows. You know, the the Property Brothers or you know Chip and Gloria Gaines and their show. I I love it. And for me, I think I I consider myself the home renovation person for marriages and. Really what, what happens is it's, it's exactly what you just explained. Uh, I'm just going to re-explain it from a home design concept. Yeah, a different metaphor. Yeah. You know, so, so basically, I, I see our marriage, our life, there's four different stages that we actually go through. And the truth is that when we get married, we actually start off with stage four, which is the last stage. And stage four is about redesigning. And, and this is the, the really sweet, cool, awesome, exciting, exhilarating part about marriage is that when we get married, we have this amazing dream. And we're like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great to have this, have a house, have kids, have this car, have this job. And, and we're going to live a happy life. We're going to go picnicking all the time and <laughs> go for holidays and hikes. And like, that's the dream. It's literally the same as a couple going and being convinced to buy a rental house. And they look at it. And they see these designs and drawings that, you know, were shown on TV like, oh, wow, look at that. This house could look like that. So they go ahead and they buy the house. And what we don't get, how do I say this? What we don't get to see is the actual reality to home renovations. We, we see the home renovation in an hour show. Right, before and after. <laughs> yeah. And what we don't realize is like, what if you didn't have Chip and Joanna Gaines helping you out? What if you didn't have the Property Brothers and you were convinced by somebody, yeah, buy this shack 
that's falling apart with gun holes everywhere, gun, you know, and rebuild it. It'll look amazing. And you're like, okay, great, let's do it. And you're going in, you're excited, you buy this house. And a year into it, you realize life is so busy. We can't even renovate a room. And my job is really helping people rediscover what the dream is. What is that end goal? And now let's chart a practical process to actually getting back to that dream. So what I do is I talk about these four stages of home rentals with our marriage. So stage one is about redefining. Stage two is about rediscovering. Stage three is reinventing. And stage four is the redesigning. It never fails. Every time I walk people through this process, they get really clear about where they're at and how invested they are in the process. And some people need a little bit more time to do their renovations. And some people don't. Some people are like, well, I am all in. I want that dream now. And they're in agreement. And whatever the response is, whatever the stage, whatever where people are at in the commitment level, it's awesome. It doesn't really matter whether you want it right away or whether you want to take a little bit of time and do one room at a time. The goal is about, hey, let's just get moving. And so my job is to help people begin to come in alignment with what the end dream is first. And so like you said, yeah, you got two different people coming from totally two different backgrounds. They have a dream, each of them individually. And some core aspects of that dream are completely in alignment with each other. But the other aspects of the dream of how it's going to be executed, of how it's actually going to look, and the amount of time that will be invested in it. Now, that's where the differences come in. And too many times we're focused on those things and not focused on what the end goal is. And so the couples initially when they come in can be quite hostile because their belief about what I do is that I'm going to take a side. And that's just not true. Part of the whole redefining process is I need to help couples begin to redefine that marriage is not about your rights. It's not about what you get. It's about the goal of the marriage. And so earlier, Dane, when you were talking about a conversation that really there's two people coming in, but there's actually really a third person involved, and you're so right. The third person that I'm really championing for the couple is marriage. The relationship itself is like a third person. In the yeah, room. yeah, yeah. And so, so really, my, my job is to make sure that marriage gets its way, not your rights, not her rights. It's what, what is marriage going to get out of this whole process. So let's say they go through this process and actually, and actually before I ask this question about redefining, rediscovery, reinventing and redesigning, I'm going to get that in a second. You, you've actually are in the process right now of creating three different products that are coming out that are ridiculously stupid and expensive, but I want you to talk about them in turn because I want people to know that this could be a resource they could go and take advantage of themselves. So one of them is called 31 Connections. The, the second one is called The Right Fit. And the third one is called Tailored Fit. And, and I'm wondering if you could just talk about those in turn real quick. Tell me about tell me about 31 Connections. Absolutely. 31 Connections came out of really my my journey with my wife. As I got deeper and deeper in my marriage with my wife, I began to realize um, how we are bombarded daily with so many different external pressures and stresses. And so the question that I came in my mind was, how do I continually keep my marriage fresh with my wife? Really, I began to realize that what it means is that I've got to continually daily connect with my wife. 
And what do you do when you have a kid or two kids or five kids or, you know, twins or, and you're balancing that and job and business? Well, it has to be practical. So 31 Connections is essentially a, a daily kind of like a devotional book where each day there's a simple exercise that you get to do for your spouse and it only takes five minutes or less. And there are only six exercises out of the 31 days. So there's only six days out of the 31 days where these those exercises will take more than five minutes. So there are four date nights in there and then there are two journaling exercises. But other than that, every exercise takes five minutes or less. And it's a really simple way to keep fresh, keep connected with your spouse. So that's 31 Connections. The Right Fit was written specifically for singles, both those who have never been married and those who have been married, such as divorced, and they're wanting to find love again. And they're wanting to understand what has prevented them from finding the love of their life. And I break it down to a really simple formula, and it's about understanding how to be compatible with a person and how to look for those traits those characteristics that would trigger inside of you the understanding that, oh, this person would absolutely be compatible. And many times we build relationships not on what's compatible. We actually build relationships on what's common. And that's where a lot of the relationships do fall apart. So that's what that book is about, is just how to understand you know, what compatibility is versus building a relationship on commonalities. Now, my favorite of all of these is, is really tailored fit. And that's written specifically for married couples. Here's the beauty about Tailored Fit is that my personal belief is that every marriage is so unique. So that means that, you know, we all think that love and marriage is a one size fits all and it's not. And so I adopted a term in the fashion industry called bespoke. It's a British term and it's really about custom tailoring. And so my belief is that Yes, we have an overarching concept of what marriage is, the values, the rules, but those need to be tailored to the married couple so that it makes a good fit. And so the idea of that book is to help couples understand where the core ingredients are, what core ingredients they need, and how can they tailor those core ingredients to fit their specific marriage, not someone else's marriage, but what needs to happen in their marriage. So what I love about this, Rocky, is, again, this you know this from the, our audience, Converge is really talking to people who make something out of what they make. And what you're making is you have this life of experience, this extraordinary background, working with families in particular, with kids. You're getting back to the root of the problem. You're applying this. You, you've, you've, tra- you've been trained. You've gone through all of these kinds of experiences in life, both academically or theoretically, as well as in practice, you're working it out in your own life, in your own marriage. And you're coming up with these really, I think, remarkable tools that when people are at home and they have a complaint and they're like, gosh, I'm just, I'm not where I want to be when it comes to my relationships. Like I'm I'm either single and I don't want to be, or I'm married and I don't want to be, or at least not the way that I am married right now. Or I'm even dating, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm doing this in the way that's going to get me what I need, not just what I want in the short term. And what you've done is you put together these really remarkable mechanisms or paths people can walk on where they don't really have any excuses anymore. I mean, this is available, and they're going to if they if they do this and they still don't have what they're looking for, I think that's a different conversation. But but if they've if they've actually not actually done the work to get what they say they want, they're really they're, they're, they're putting themselves more in a kind of a victim position as opposed to one where they could really move the needle. And I'm also hearing you say that as they walk through the process of redefining 
rediscovering, reinventing, and redesigning, especially those folks that maybe won't have a chance to work with you directly, but they're going to take advantage of your resources or whatever. My last question that I have is, is if they go through that whole process, if they take advantage of these resources that you have, I want to talk a little bit about the results. Like if they get on the other end of this, there's really kind of two paths. One is success and one is failure. And I think sometimes, especially when I talk with my friends, in fact, I have some dear, dear friends right now. They've been married for well over two decades and they're thinking about splitting. And my wife and I, Tammy and I, we're just, uh, we're gutted about it. It's just, and it's, and it's not uncommon, right? That's just, it almost feels the norm. But yet, I don't think they realize how big the stakes are. And I'm wondering if you just talk a little bit about when this goes sideways. Let's start with the failure first. <laughs> when people don't go through the drill, they don't pay the price to get what they need. Talk about the, the implications when things go, go wrong and they quit. Not just for the couple that might get divorced, but even for the single who gives up on themselves. Like they just decided it's, it's not for them. Like they're, they weren't, they're broken or there's something wrong, bad or something. And they're, they're, they're somehow disqualified from the equation. So I'd love to hear if it fails and they give up on themselves or their partner, what kind of implications does that have? It's really easy. <laughs> you stop living. And let me qualify that. You know, what really drives us in life is love and dreams. And, and they're so intertwined. And when we can't dream, it means that we just, we're not loving, we're not capable, or we're not able, or there's something that's plugging us up from being able to just love life. And when we don't have those two things, we're falling apart individually. And when marriages get to that place, it's crazy the cost that is at stake, because it's not about the giving up of just that one relationship you're essentially affecting all the relationships all around you. You're affecting your relationship with your friends. You're affecting relationships with your family. You're affecting relationships with your children. And that's the highest stake. See, the, the thing is that, you know, as parents, we want the best for our children. We desire for them to have everything that we had and more. And the anti version of that when we break up, when we have a divorce, when we go through that process, we are literally instilling in our children a model of relationships that's unhealthy. And the catch is that for us, if we leave that marriage, these same problems will purposefully show up in every relationship thereafter. And let me add this, that the catch to this whole thing is actually how what we believe about marriage. One of the greatest myths that I always have to bust for marriages is that they believe that they should have a marriage that has no conflict. And I'm always needing to reteach them that no, <laughs> your marriage is supposed to have conflict. And that process is because you cannot be a completely whole person without having been in a committed relationship. The reason is because when we're single, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> there's no rules. There's no, we're, we, don't, we don't have to care about anybody. But when we're in a marriage, hey, suddenly these things start sifting up in our lives. They were there for a reason. And the only way that we would have seen it was if we were in this marriage. So the stakes are high. The stakes are absolutely high. On the other side of it, paint me a picture of when things go right and everything is in play for the single and for the couple, 
What can that look like? Because you've seen some pretty amazing zero to hero stories. Maybe tell us what, at least one story of a single and one story of a couple that you, re- when they walked in, they thought things were not going to go in their direction, but somehow they made their way into the room. Talk about some of those, those, those two stories and then we'll, we'll end it there. Okay. So here's a single zinger for you. Uh, my favorite right now is I had a, a nurse from Texas contact me. She wanted to take my course because at that time she was in a dating relationship and she wasn't sure. And this is a common theme for singles is that I'm not sure if this person is the right person for me. And I could tell in my initial conversation with her, she was really struggling with this. And so when she started going through my course, she began to realize that where her doubts came from were her past relationships. And she had a few unhealthy relationships in the past, and she never dealt with those unhealthy things. And she carried them into this current relationship. After she was done the course, literally within 24 hours, she woke up and she realized, oh my God. This guy that I'm dating, he's the one. He's the one for me. And they literally, they're engaged. They're getting married in March. And I could not be happier for this couple, for all the things that they've been walking out. So that's that's a huge zinger uh, story for singles. For a married couple, one of my favorites right now is I had a couple who they've been married for two years. They have twin boys. And literally from the time that they got married all the way through to the very point that they met me, they literally were in conflict every day where it was like the littlest, littlest things would come up in their marriage and it would ignite this massive fight. And when they came to me, I was blown away. I just assumed that it was just, oh, okay, you guys are having some conflict issues and it's just a couple of fights here and there. And as I dove into it, I realized you guys have been fighting for two years, like every day, nonstop. And they both shook their heads at me. And I was like, wow. And so literally within our first coaching session, I helped the husband and the wife understand the position that they were both in and how they were both trying to love each other, but they didn't see it. And after that session, literally the next week, they told me that was the first week in their two years of marriage that they never fought. Like no, no fighting for a whole week. First time. First, yeah, first time. time. Happened. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because you said earlier that you want them to fight, but maybe fight in a different way. Do you think they actually didn't fight or do you think they just interpreted it differently? Yeah, I think the catch for them was that they began to understand what each other's needs are. When I define fighting, it's not the explosiveness of the fight. It's the understanding of what is my need. The fight and the conflict is about, hey, how do I understand what my partner is needing right now? And literally all they needed was one simple tool, one simple understanding of how they were all seeing things differently. And that helped them through that week where when conflicts did try to creep up, they were able to apply one simple rule and that completely helped them discuss in a healthy way what their disagreement was. Rocky Lee, thank you so much for being hey. on the show. It's it's so funny. This this is a kind of topic that for the business of creativity, it might seem a little bit odd, but I, I think where I'm excited about is on the experiential end. I know there's a lot of listeners out there who 
are intrigued by how do you take a life's passion and apply it in a new way around business, which is just fantastic. But a different lens is just, I also know there's a lot of listeners out there that are humans, a lot of them, (laughs) that are (laughs) really wrestling with where they're at relationally. And I hope that these resources, both, I guess there's three of them, 31 Connections, The Right Fit and Tailor Fit, as they come out starting in December and then January and then February, that folks take advantage of them. They get these tools and do something with them uh, to get exactly the kind of dream and relationships they're looking for. Um, Where can they go find you and access these tools? Yeah, it's really simple. They can just go straight to my website, claritycoach.ca. .ca, not .com. That's right, .ca. And uh, when they get there, it's all laid out. All the links will be there for the books and products and services. It'll all be there. You guys can just sign up for it and go ahead and just purchase it. And if they just want to kind of track you for a while, some of the other resources that you put out, your own podcast and so forth, they can just they can just sign up for your newsletter. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks, Rocky. Hey, thanks, Dane. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You bet, take care. This is episode 10, season two of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. Music today provided by Triple Scoop Music, the leading music service for creative professionals. Find the perfect song for your next project at triplescoopmusic.com. Fastermind.co is home base for all things Converge. It's also where you can find exactly what you need to make real change happen. Like ever want to ditch your not-so-smart smartphone addiction? Knock that out this week. No kidding. Find out more at fastermind.co. Until then, I'm Dane Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.